Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season two, episode 16, Murphy's Luck. It originally aired on March 30th, 2000, and had 5.58 million viewers. So we open at this photo shoot, and on the other side of the room, we see that Prue is talking to a man who's looking through this, like, portfolio of her photos, and he says that everything is shot on digital now, you know. She says, yeah, I'm equipped, and he, you know, compliments her. He says nice stuff, and then starts asking for details about some of the photos, and she's telling him, you know, what kind of camera she used, what lens, all that type of stuff. And then she asks if she got the job, and he says, based on your portfolio, yes. Based on your resume, no. She says, Mr. Corso, I've changed careers. I'm not hiding that. But with all due respect, if you like my work, that should be enough. I mean, you're hiring me, not my resume. And he says, you want a shot? Get me a better one of Maggie Murphy. She's going to be featured in our St. Patty's Day issue, something about being the unluckiest woman in San Francisco. And then he starts giving her all this background information. He says up until three months ago, she was like a saint, helping the homeless, volunteering, charity. Then like overnight, everything started going bad for her. And then, you know, he goes back to the portfolio. He says, I want what you have in here, Prue, artistic, soulful, poignant. I want to see the inner Maggie in your photograph. And I want to see it by five o'clock today. And she thanks him for the opportunity. And then she goes. So good intro. We're seeing Prue continue to chase that dream of photography. I love her kind of attitude toward this. We've always seen her as a businesswoman. She's very strong and put together. I mean, he questions the resume and she immediately defends herself and continues to push forward for the job. And it feels very Prue. Yeah. Um, And I I liked that. It really brings me back to her interview with Rex when she was, um, you know, interviewing to work at Buckland's and she knows what her strengths are she's not afraid to say exactly what she thinks and she's not going to let these men in power prevent her for opportunities that she knows she deserves exactly and I love that's something I really admire about her and her character because honestly it's not that easy I mean I feel like if it was me I'd be like you're right my resume I'll just go like I feel like that's one of the biggest issues that comes up when it comes to like women versus men in the workplace is there's this kind of like idea that men have no problem applying for jobs that they're quote not qualified for whereas women do which is why men seem to get a lot of better opportunities because they're not afraid to go after what they want and a lot of times women are thinking like well, if I'm not perfect, if I'm not exactly what they want, why should I even bother trying? So I like that Prue doesn't have that fear. She's like, listen, I know that I'm making a change, but I was good at what I did and I'm good at this too. If you like my work, hire me. Yeah, I love it. I I love that whole attitude and you're right because a lot of women do feel that way. And it is 
much easier for men to have these opportunities. So for Prue to not have that fear and fight her way to the top is pretty badass. And it's nice to see. It's it's inspiring for women, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Yes. So right off the bat, we see Prue's strengths. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm interested to see what this Maggie Murphy thing that'll come up will be. Although I like that he, like, has to point out that she's Irish as if we couldn't see that she's, one, a ginger, and two, her name is Maggie Murphy. Yeah, I know. Like, thanks. Wouldn't have been able to pick that one up. That's like <laughs> me being like, oh, I'm Irish. Like, you could yeah. tell by looking at me. <laughs> exactly. Like, obviously. <laughs> So then we move to this rooftop of a building and we see Maggie walk out and she's super upset. She walks to the ledge and starts looking down and this dark lighter in dark dark orbs appears behind her and Maggie says, what am I doing? This isn't me. And he says, but like in her voice as her thoughts, yes, it is. It's all my fault. The car accident and then changes to his own voice says the fire my brother's death. I hurt the ones I love. I have to stop it. And she says she doesn't deserve to live. And she takes a step closer to the ledge. And he tells her that she's cursed. And she climbs up onto the ledge. And people on the ground start to notice her and pile around. And the dark lighter teleports out all like smiley. Um, And then that's when Prue's car pulls up and she gets out and sees Maggie. And she's like, oh, my God. And Astro projects up to her. And Prue from behind her says, Maggie, just wait, don't. But Maggie's confused and she turns around and looks at Prue. Prue tells her to take her hand that she can help her. Maggie says, nobody can help me. All I wanted to do was help people. Now all I do is hurt them. And she slips while talking like to Prue and starts to fall off the ledge. But Prue catches her hand and is holding her up. Maggie's telling her to let her go, but Prue's not going to, except that she can't hold on. And Maggie's hand slips and she starts falling. And Prue astro projects back into her body and she uses her power. So Maggie lands on an awning and kind of falls to the ground and pretty much breaks her fall. Then everyone runs towards her and she looks up and sees Prue right in front of her on the ground. And Prue walks away past the dark lighter. And we hear the dark lighter say, well, of all the luck. Mm-hmm. So here, I mean, this this episode all around can be pretty intense. It's got a lot to do with suicide and the kind of, you know, thoughts behind it and building up to that point. And seeing Maggie like this, I will say she plays that part very well. You can see she looked very miserable, very unhappy um, and you know, this dark lighter behind her kind of pushing her to the ledge, telling her all these things so that she will end her life. It's like kind of sad to watch, honestly. Like that's a really, probably out of all the ways or all the, you know, demons, warlocks we've seen, this is probably the most brutal. Yeah, um, I totally agree with your points. As we get deeper into the episode, I'll definitely have more and more thoughts about kind of the ideas of death by suicide and um, suicidal ideation and everything like that that's coming up throughout depression. Because I have both positive and negative comments about the show's portrayal of it. Um, I will say off the bat, I'm not a mental health expert. I'm not someone who's had serious issues with depression 
or struggled with the types of things that are really being depicted in this episode. So I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on any of that, but I am going to go, you know, kind of based off my knowledge, based off of what I'm seeing, what I'm thinking as we kind of progress throughout the episode. Like you, I think that this actress has a strong performance. This is a young Amy Adams. This is very early in her career, but she's always been very talented. And that's why she went on to have such an amazing career after these small guest spots that she's doing at this point. Everything you're saying, I agree. And we'll definitely get more into it as we continue along in the episode. As well, I'm not any expert in this, but, you know, we could openly talk about our opinions and, you know... We're not saying we have any real knowledge of the subject, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if there are any listeners who, you know, do have more of an expertise in this area and like want to write in and tell us their thoughts on the episode, like we are so happy to hear from you. Like, please feel free to reach out because I am curious to see what other people are thinking, like either positively or negatively about this portrayal. Agreed. Don't hesitate. So then we go to the theme after that, and then we return to the manor in the kitchen, and Piper's there, and Phoebe walks in and asks why she's home. She's trying to figure out what to tell Dan about Leo, basically. She's like, I don't want to hurt him. Dan's a great guy, and he's really been good to me, and we've never really had any huge problems. And Phoebe says, no, I mean, the only huge problem is that you really love Leo, and he loves you. And he gave up immortality for you. And Piper notes that he that uh, he seemed restless lately. And Phoebe tells her that she's thinking too much. She says, stop trying to predict the future. That's my job. Just follow your heart. Good things will happen. And Piper's like, what would I do without you? And Phoebe's like, oh, suffer endlessly, no doubt. And then mm-hmm. Piper leaves because she has to go do inventory at the club. That's always been one of my favorite lines from the show. Like, I've... I love that that moment. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I love Phoebe. Like, that was so funny. <laughs> I don't know why. Suffer endlessly, no doubt. Too cute. It is cute. And it's very sisterly. Like, I like their interaction there, it just feels like a conversation that two sisters would have. Like, I totally buy into it. I totally get where Piper's struggling here. And obviously, it's setting up what's to come with her and Leo in this episode. Exactly. And her her nervousness and her thought process feels very realistic too, because even though she's already made this decision, she still has her doubts and her fears, which, you know, didn't just automatically go away because she chose Leo, which obviously in real life, those things don't just go away. So it still feels really realistic, like her still trying to find reasons why things are bad or why things could go wrong. It's it It feels like realistic to me you know like that's how my thought process would probably be if I was in a situation like this just very on edge yeah totally so now we are at a police station and Maggie is walking well I should say the police station because I don't think we ever see another police station in this show (laughs) and Maggie is walking in with Daryl she doesn't want to go into the room and he tells her that she doesn't really have a choice and she asks him if she's being arrested and he says no but there's paperwork that they need to do and she's afraid that guns might go off and things like that she says things like that happen around me and i don't want anybody to get hurt daryl says i'm more concerned about you hurting yourself and he leads her in and tells her that he wants to help her and she says you can't help me nobody can 
and they sit at his desk and he says that they'll find somebody who can help first he needs to ask some questions and she says she doesn't know what happened and talks about voices that were in her head and she mentions that she doesn't want him to call her family or friends she doesn't want them near her she says i shouldn't even be here i shouldn't even be alive and if it hadn't been for that angel and she tells him about what Prue did and he asks what this woman looked like, obviously having some suspicions that it might be one of the sisters. Yes. So some things about this scene. Um, I'm really confused about why she's being taken to the police station and not directly to the hospital. Yeah. That didn't really seem realistic to me. Yeah, because um, you, you you do get taken to the hospital. I don't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense that she was taken to the police station. <laughs> And, like, I feel bad for her because, again, if you're taken to the police station, like, it makes you feel like you, like, are a criminal and, like, she's yeah. not. She's, like, having some type of mental health issue and she needs to be with a mental health professional, not a police officer. Yeah, I know. That's, like, the last person that she needs right now to go into the and then to you don't really have a choice. Well, don't I, though? Like, why? <laughs> why yeah. am I here? Yeah, no, that's, that didn't feel right at all. It's not Like, realistic. I know that they're using it to set it up with Prue, but it also makes sense, no sense, again, that Daryl would even respond to this because, like, this is not a homicide case. Yeah, I was thinking that, too, when I was watching it. I was like, here he goes again with cases that have nothing to do with him. I guess we'll just chop it up to plot's sake again, even though I feel like in this episode, they should have it be a little more realistic, being that they're talking about something so serious. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they did it for, for to, to match the storyline as well. So that's, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they wanted Dory and Gregory to get paid for this episode, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he needed to play his part. But I mean, also, as far as Maggie's character is going, we're getting this idea that she feels like she's hurting other people. And that's where kind of these suicidal ideas are coming from. Um, she feels isolated from people around her because of this. Whatever it is that's going on with her that we can assume is connected to the dark lighter we saw last scene. Exactly. So then we're at the manor. And Prue walks in the front door and Phoebe walks up to her and asks how it went. And Prue tells her that she got the job, but she seems very distracted. And then she tells Phoebe about Maggie and what happened. And Phoebe says that it was lucky she got there in time and that she believes that Prue was supposed to be there in time, that she was supposed to save that girl's life. And that's when the phone starts ringing and it's Daryl. And he tells her about Maggie and the angel, which is Prue. And Phoebe picks up a roll of film and asks Prue what it is, and she says it's just some old photos. Then we cut back to the phone call where Daryl tells Prue that Maggie is getting sent to, like, a psychiatric hospital. And in the office, Maggie keeps having bad luck, and Daryl tells Prue to stay away so Maggie doesn't ID her, and that he'll keep her posted on what's going on. He hangs up, and Prue starts grabbing her bag. She says she's going to see Maggie. She's like, something tells me that I may have stopped her, but I certainly didn't save her. And Phoebe says that she'll go too, and they leave together. All right, so Prue's kind of reaction to this, her um, being distracted and obviously caring a lot about 
what's happening to Maggie, it does feel very genuine to me, the concern and kind of that pain. You could tell by Prue's mannerisms, it almost feels like she understands, you know, Phoebe and all of them are very much like, oh my God, like, I hope she's okay. But Prue seems more, I don't know, she seems a little more uh, invested in this than the other. Well, I mean, also she was there, but she's playing that part well, that role, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it definitely stems from the fact that, like, this is Prue's innocent, like Phoebe was saying, like, Prue was meant to be there, that's why Prue got assigned to this job, Prue was meant to help her. So that's definitely part of it, but I think they're also, as we'll see later in the episode, like, there's a part of Prue that really connects with Maggie, and we can talk more about that as we go on. Exactly, yeah. And I love the way she just completely ignores what Daryl says, hanging up the phone. Just don't come because we don't want her to ID you. And she's like, all right, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, you know that like TikTok where it's like, let's go. And then it's like that weird walking body thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's the meme I immediately thought of. (laughs) Straight out the door. I like the way they, they have that, you know, like they're at the point where they see kind of the destiny and who was meant to get what and that kind of starting to believe things happen for a reason um and this idea that Prue was meant to save her and meant to have this connection with Maggie exactly I think we'll see more and more throughout the show that things that happen to them at work in their personal lives tend to kind of connect back to someone that they're meant to help so now we are at P3 and Piper and Leo are doing inventory and they spill some stuff, uh, some of those little red straws, and they're cleaning it up, and things are kind of a little awkward between them, and Leo gets up, and he's like, are you mad at me? And she's like, no, don't be ridiculous. Why would I be mad at you? And he's like, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. And then he's like, what is it? Because she's obviously acting off, and Piper's like, it's just, uh, it's Dan. And Leo gets up and he's like, oh, never mind. Sorry, I asked. (laughs) And Piper's like, I mean, he's going to be, and then she gets up and she's like, he's going to be very upset when he finds out that you're the one that I really love. And he smiles at her and she smiles at him and they kiss each other and she stops it and she's like, wait, we can't do this. Not until I talk to Dan. And so they go back to doing inventory instead but this scene it's you have to see it to see how beautiful it was but it was very adorable I know and like I can only just imagine the feelings both of them are having in this moment because it's like they finally both get what they want and then it's like but we can't do this right now because this is cheating yeah and I like that Piper has those morals still and is you know has that respect for Dan that she wants to wait you know that's very admirable I think it is it is because I definitely see it from like you know both perspectives like you don't want to do that to Dan because like she said earlier in the episode like Dan has always been great to her like she does care about him but at the end of the day like Leo is the one she really loves but I also get that it must be hard to wait for both of them because it's like they've been wanting this to happen they've been waiting for their moment and now they can be together but like there's this one last obstacle of her still having to have that conversation with dan 
exactly but overall very cute scene they're the way they look and smile at each other was so genuine it was so like almost like like little kids you know like they just looked so like cheesy and happy it was so cute yes so I love that moment between them and anyways like you said they still have this obstacle to face so we'll see how that goes yeah with Dan. anything else there not really I'm just really glad we're finally there with the two of them me too our ship is back together I know we've all been waiting for this <laughs> all of us exactly <laughs> so then we're at the police station and we hear a phone ringing and then we see the dark lighter kind of like peek in and he sees maggie sitting on a bench with this um like female cop and he steps back into the hall and then he like morphs so that he's in like a cop uniform and he comes back in and he's watching maggie then we see Daryl come up to her and he has a cup of coffee and the female cop leaves and he sits down next to her. He tells her that he believes her about the angel and she spills the coffee on him and immediately starts apologizing and he says he's fine. He's just going to go clean himself up and the dark later is like laughing. He gets up to go get a napkin and she tells him that maybe you should just stay away from me and that people gets hurt. But he just goes and he says he's going to come back. Then we see Prue and Phoebe walk in and Prue points out Maggie and Phoebe says any idea what you're going to say about the whole angel thing and Prue says she's not worried about that she's more worried about Maggie and then Prue says that she's been thinking about a spell one to put some good luck back in her life and Phoebe says that she can't keep using her powers to save her but Prue says that she wants to help her see that life's worth living and then you know she can kind of go from there. Then we see that a policeman is walking past Maggie and she accidentally trips him and he like knocks over the water cooler and we see some like electrical outlets get wet and there's sparks and he's kind of a dick to her. He's like, thanks a lot. And she's kind of like teary and Prue tells Phoebe that she's going to need help with the spell. Phoebe tells her that it's her connection, that the spell just needs to come from her heart. So Prue casts a spell. It sounds horrible. It barely even sounds like a spell. Oh my god, I was thinking the same, the same exact thing. <laughs> She's no it. Phoebe. Yeah, seriously. Um, and then we see these two little white orbs like appear in her hand, and then they kind of like move over and they go into Maggie, and the dark lighter watches all of this happen. They go into her chest and then she smiles and the dark lighter is looking at Prue. Daryl approaches Maggie and he's about to slip in the water, but she like catches him and he thanks her and she's like so surprised that she helped. And then Phoebe says, looks like her luck is changing already. And both the sisters smile and then Daryl and Maggie sit down together and Prue and Phoebe start to leave. But as they're leaving, the dark lighter hits Prue with a dark orb. And she gets, like, a chill, but she ignores it, and her and Phoebe just leave. Right, so now the dark lighter seeing what Prue did for Maggie is obviously now going to be after her, seeing by this dark orb. Aside from that, you could see Prue's genuine want to help and change things for Maggie and make things better, which is very sweet but it sucks that it has to be magically done because that's really the only reason that's fixing her 
but magic is the only thing that kind of made her this unlucky to begin with yeah exactly um because you know prue doesn't know this yet but it was magic that caused these issues for her and obviously the dark later doesn't like that prue's interfering so we'll see where that goes that's kind of setting up the second plot line of this episode exactly so now outside of the police station prue and phoebe get into the car phoebe tells prue that her first spell went well and she says like it took me a few tries before my first spell actually worked and prue's like well it must be my lucky day and then they back up and immediately hit into a cop car and Phoebe like passes out and Prue's trying to wake her up and we see the dark later is behind them and he says your turn to be cursed which kind of to himself. Yeah. So now it becomes very clear what it is that that little dark orb that the dark later sent at her did to her. Now Prue has the curse on her. I mean, I feel like we could have gotten that point without that line, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> a little over-explained, but we're used to it from the show, so it's fine. I feel like we've been doing so well at not having, like, major exposition, and then we just got this episode, which is, like, Exposition City. Yeah, it definitely is. So then we're at P3, and Piper and Leo are by the bar, and Leo's like, Piper, I'm going crazy here, and she's like, we're almost done. He's like, that's not what I mean. Look, you just... You can't come in here and tell me what you told me and expect me to act like nothing's changed. I mean, everything's changed. She says, I know, believe me, I know, but Dan is out of town and until he comes back. And Leo's like, when, when is he coming back? And Piper's like, next Thursday. And he's like, a week? Oh God, can you call him or something? And she looks so mad. And he's like, never mind. That's never mind. It's just you know, I've been waiting for this for us for so long, and I just, I don't want to wait any longer. And she smiles, and then the door opens, and Prue and Phoebe come in, and they're calling for Piper, and Phoebe's, like, holding her neck, and they notice this, and Prue tells them that they were in a car accident, that they're fine, but Phoebe has a mild concussion. Piper's worried, and Leo's like, oh, I'll go get her some aspirin, and Prue's apologizing to Phoebe, and Phoebe's like, no, it was an accident, it wasn't your fault. Prue says, I should have looked, I always look first, at least I didn't put you in the hospital this time. Phoebe points out Piper's, like, lipstick is smeared, and then Leo walks back over, and they're all looking at each other, and Prue goes to grab the aspirin from Leo and knocks all the swizzle sticks onto the floor, and Leo starts cleaning it, and then... Prue's like, I'm such a klutz, I can't seem to do anything right all of a sudden. Do you think that spell backfired on me? And Phoebe's like, that's not possible, there was no personal gain. And Piper asks about the spell, and that's when Prue's phone rings and it's Mr. Corso. Phoebe fills in Piper on the situation, and then Prue comes back over and says, if I don't get that photograph of Maggie, I can kiss my career goodbye. Like, that's what I want to do right now. And Phoebe says, well, it's a good excuse to go check on her. And Prue turns and knocks into a pile of glasses and Piper freezes it before it can hit the floor. Phoebe says that she'll drive. She's like, you didn't get collision on the rental. And they head out and then Piper unfreezes it and just lets the glasses fall. And Leo looks upset and Piper's like, what, I'll clean it. And he's like, no, it's not that. I was just thinking about Maggie Murphy. She was doing all these good things in her life. And then all of a sudden her own life goes to hell. I don't know. What if all these accidents in her life weren't actually accidents? What if something was trying to make her jump? And 
Piper's like something like, and he says, like a dark lighter, baby. And that's when Piper looks like really concerned. So I like this kind of setup of Prue and her bad luck still going. Them kind of mentioning uh, slowly, we're starting to see that connection between Prue and Maggie. Phoebe's kind of like, you know, it hit Prue really hard too and all of that. And I do think that kind of a reach, the whole Leo just automatically figuring that out but you know we had to get there somewhere i guess <laughs> yeah he's like oh it must be a dark lighter <laughs> i know like i like that was his first thought but um i guess like knowing the situation with maggie and now prue right after the spell becoming all of a sudden unlucky i guess you can kind of see how he thought about that but it still feels like a bit of a stretch a leap <laughs> yeah kind of a kind of a big jump there but it's fine we also find out you know that there was some type of previous accident that happened we don't know much about it but we'll find out more later in the episode about that and aside from that it's still just more set up i feel like towards finding out about the dark later and and Prue's bad luck now yeah, exactly. And I mean, going back to the beginning of the scene, the Piper and Leo stuff was cute. Um, I like the development that's going on there and kind of how they're still struggling with this, like, we have to wait till Dan comes back thing. Right, exactly. And her still being strong enough to be like, no, no, we have to wait. I'm not doing this over the phone. And Leo, like, was so funny the way he was, like, desperately trying to, like, like, when can we do this? When can we do this? It's pretty cute. Yeah. All right. So now we are at the hospital and Maggie is walking with another patient and helping her. And, and this doctor is talking to Prue and Phoebe. And it says, Ma Ma and he says, Maggie has made a remarkable turnaround, severely depressed this morning. Now suddenly she's smiling, laughing, helping others. However, I'm afraid her recovery is only temporary. And Prue asks why he says that, and his face is revealed, and we see that it's the dark lighter now posing as a doctor. And he says, once you've been on that ledge, Miss Hallowell, you can never forget it. That deep, dark place never goes away. It haunts you and beckons you back. And Phoebe says, that's not true. And he asks if she's a psychiatrist. And she's like, no, but I still don't think that that's true. Lots of people recover from depression. And he tells her that Maggie is unique. She feels responsible for all her family's tragedies. And he says that pain doesn't just magically go away. Then Prue asks if they can see her and he says yes. And Phoebe gives him kind of a skeptical look. And then they start heading to see Maggie together. And then the dark later shoots something at Prue's like camera bag and then orbs out. Yes. Just right there in the, in the middle of the office. <laughs> So I have so many comments on this scene. First of all, major HIPAA violation. How is he talking to them about Maggie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. Like, they're not family or anything that. Even if they were, Maggie is an adult. They can't, like, you can't talk to other people about someone's situation unless they're unconscious. Yeah, that's true. To be fair, he is just posing as a doctor, so. True, so it's not <laughs> really a HIPAA violation. don't really care too much about the HIPAA violations. <laughs> yeah, I guess you do have to actually be a doctor to violate HIPAA. <laughs> yeah, it seems here more that he's like, I mean, kind of the things that he's saying, he's very direct to Prue, kind of hinting her at this idea that like, 
she's going to be in that dark place. Yeah. You could tell. And, and it also shows that he, like, knows nothing about depression because, like, depressed people can smile and laugh. Like, a yeah. lot of depressed people do. Like, they fake that they're okay. Exactly. It doesn't just... It's not just you're miserable crying all day long. I mean, you you could still be depressed while smiling and laughing. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Phoebe's interruption, you know, I think we can all agree with her that people do recover from depression just because you've struggled with suicidal thoughts or you've had a suicide attempt doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to be in that same place. That's one of the most important thing that I think like people do talk about with survivors is like this idea that things can turn around you can like things can improve and you won't always be in that same place exactly I definitely agree I'm glad that Phoebe kind of stood up there and held her ground and was like well I'm not a psychiatrist but no that's not true I mean people can recover which is a big idea and it is true um anything else with that part of the scene yeah, I mean, I don't know how he just kind of orbed out in the middle of the office, but I that's fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, nobody saw. It's fine. Yeah, nobody nobody noticed. We saw the doctors all around the desk, but no, 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 it's, it's okay. Nobody. They saw. were all looking down at the exact moment that he orbed out. It was fine. Yeah, it's perfect. Which, you know, is a little weird because we do get this idea, too, that we've kind of has come up before where demons don't like people knowing about them mm -hmm. there's some sort of like secret like magic is on both sides kind of mutually hidden mm -hmm. like the last episode with bane that's kind of the whole reason litback was upset and wanted to go after him because he knew about demons yeah like they only want magical beings to know about magical beings not humans. exactly so for them to be so obvious so much of the time is like come on make it make sense <laughs> yeah but whatever so then we cut over to this other like patient area of the hospital and maggie sees them and leaves the woman she's talking to and she says to prue i hoped you'd come so i could thank you and ask you i have so many questions and prue tells her that she has the wrong idea about her and maggie says you saved my life prue tells her that things were confusing there were so many people and Maggie says, that doesn't change what you did. Who are you? And Prue introduces herself and Phoebe. And she's like, two angels. Wow. And Phoebe's like, oh, no, I'm just a student. <laughs> <laughs> and then Prue asks how she's feeling. And she says that she's great. She feels alive again. She's like, I'm able to give. I'm able to help people. I haven't been able to do that for a while. And then she notices Prue's bag and asks if she's a photographer. And Prue's like, yeah, sort of. And Phoebe's like, yeah, she is. She's working for 415 Magazine. And Maggie's like, oh, yeah, they're doing an article on me. Is that where I, why you were at my place this morning? To take my picture. And Prue starts to say that it was the last thing on her mind. And Maggie says that, you know, maybe the article will help others so that they don't give up either. And that she'll do it. So they find a place to take the picture and Prue starts taking photos while Maggie talks about feeling like her old self again. Phoebe brings up that she's taking a psych class and she wants to know how Maggie got to that point. And Maggie says, I really don't know actually. All I know is that I just wanted it all to stop. 
And Phoebe says, you wanted what to stop? And she said, the voice in my head that kept telling me I was hurting people, not helping them, that I was causing pain and trouble wherever I went, that it was all my fault. It was like I was cursed. And then Phoebe says, maybe you were. And she turns to Prue and Prue says that she needs to get the photos to the magazine and gets up. Phoebe's like, did you hear what she just said? And Prue's like, yeah. But then she asks Phoebe if she can get a cab and Phoebe's like, no, like, let me drive you. And Prue's like, no, and just leaves. And then Phoebe just sits back down with Maggie. So obviously Prue here at the end, we see she's kind of, whatever Maggie just said resonated with her and she kind of had to get out of there, is very distracted. And this is where we're seeing that connection where Prue seems to be kind of relating to a lot of what Maggie's feeling at the moment or what Maggie says that she felt. Maybe. I don't know that I'm seeing it yet. Um, That's not what you saw there? Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I wasn't picking up on the connection here. I kind of saw like Prue just being like very like focused on work here and like ignoring the other signs. I totally like now that you're pointing it out, I see why you're saying it. But like in my initial watch, I definitely missed that. Really? Because the way Maggie was talking and Phoebe, like her face, she was just like listening to what she was saying. But Prue, like, slowly puts down the camera and, like, looks like she's about to cry listening to what Maggie's saying. Like, she looked really intense in that moment and kind of, like, got up and, like, uh, I gotta go. Like, it felt to me more like like she was trying to focus on something else. Because that's also very Prue to kind of avoid her problems or dismiss her feelings, as we've noticed before. So, I don't know. That's That's what I saw there. Yeah, I mean, I definitely saw Prue, like, wanting to get out of the situation, but I wasn't sure that I was understanding why yet at this point. Yeah, no, I I definitely didn't see why um, exactly what was going on, but I could tell by her reaction that what Maggie was saying was kind of resonating with her, and she looked like it was hitting her pretty hard, like it was pretty emotional to her, what it looked like to me. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Part of it felt to me, you know, um, we see kind of this humbleness in Prue, like Prue even earlier in the scene is like, I'm not an angel, you know, like all this stuff. And also kind of this idea that Prue also takes on a lot of responsibility in her life. So that's where I was seeing the connection there. So I definitely get what you're saying in that aspect that like Prue also feels responsible for bad things. And I think like with what happened with Phoebe earlier, she is definitely making that connection too. So I I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah, I guess it it just slowly started piecing together from here, I felt. But Mm -hmm. it could just be because I've seen it before. So maybe I was looking at it knowing what was happening. But I did pick up on her like facial expression and kind of that connection of the responsibility aspect that made me see it a little more but yeah maybe not then maybe it wasn't as noticeable as I thought (laughs) (laughs) but aside from that uh, I like the interaction between them Maggie's genuine thankfulness and kindness to others and wanting to help people and the girls kind of being really interested in her and giving her that opportunity to talk about kind of the thoughts that were going on in her head when that was happening. Yeah, definitely. And I do actually, um, based on my knowledge of the way like suicidal thoughts work, when she says, you know, that line, like, I just wanted it to stop. Like, I think that is 
often like how people feel in a depression is they really want that depression to stop. And that's kind of what drives people to the point of death by suicide. So I definitely understood that perspective. Yeah, kind of that feeling that things aren't going to get better. You know, you're you're stuck in this mindset and you can't get out of it. And a lot of them do feel like I just want it to stop. And this seems to be the only way to get it to stop. I mean, I haven't personally experienced it, but I, I know people that have. And that's kind of what they tell me was going through their heads as well. So it, it definitely felt realistic, that idea of Maggie just wanting it all to stop. And that's kind of what brought her there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's this idea that she brings up of like this voice in her head. Um, and whether we want to see that as like, you know, her own voice or like more of a symptom of some type of mental illness that the episode might be hinting towards. Obviously, we know that it's the dark later, but she doesn't. I think that's something that's also related that comes up because I think the more people struggle with their mental health, the more likely they are to suffer from depression, which could lead to suicidal thoughts. Exactly. So now we are at the manor in the attic and Piper and Leo are looking for info on dark lighters. And then the phone rings and it's Dan. And he asks if she misses him as Leo's like gesturing if he should leave. And Piper's like, no talking to leo and dan's like oh really and piper's like oh i was talking to the cat um and then they chat a little bit about nothing interesting and then he says maybe it's just in my imagination but i sensed a little something going on or not going on at all if that makes any sense and piper's like um everything's fine she's by the way not playing this very well at all no very she's not blunt. a good liar yeah horrib <laughs> horribly lying to his face and Dan's like, so that feeling that you had something important to tell me but didn't want to ruin my trip, that's just all in my head. And she says that she's a little distracted right now and asks if they can talk when he gets home. And he agrees and says that they'll get dinner when he comes back. And then they hang up, no I love yous or anything. And she goes back to Leo and she apologizes and she's like, I am going to break up with him, but I can't do it when he's 3,000 miles away. I have to be fair to him. And Leo says, I understand that. I really do. I'm glad that you're the kind of person that would give him that kind of respect. And then he turns her attention to the book and shows her a section on the spirit killer, which is a specific type of dark lighter. Mm -hmm. So... Like I said, Piper's lying to Dan was not very <laughs> good at all. Yeah, like if he was worried before, he's definitely worried now. Yeah, I know. That would have, I would have been like, just fucking end it at this point. Like, just break up with me already. It's over, isn't it? Yeah, um, you can tell he knows what's coming just based on that conversation. And I do feel very bad for him because this definitely did ruin the rest of his trip. Yeah, I know. Me too. I, I, I am kind of. It is sad because we do love Dan. He is a really great guy, which is what sucks because he's never done anything wrong. So it's hard for us to kind of be like good riddance, you know? Yeah. But it, I mean, it, it does feel realistic to have, I mean, somewhat, he's a little too perfect, but it feels realistic that it's not just like, oh, one, one guy we hate and one guy we love. It's like a, a real struggle between the two. So, but also... 
I noticed they didn't say I love you when they hung up or anything, but have they even said it to each other before? Mm, I don't know if they have. But it like it felt like he would like the reason I wrote that in the notes, like it felt like he was waiting for something that didn't happen at the end yeah. of the call. Yeah, like that. So you that's why I kind of took note of it. Yeah, because it, it did because that was like my thought too, was like, oh, okay, love you, bye. Like for some reason that's what I expected to come next to, and it didn't. So I get that, but I, I don't know that they even have said it to each other before. Yeah, I'm trying to think if we've ever seen them, because we've heard them say to other people that they love each other, but I don't yeah. know that we've ever heard them say to each other, I love you. Exactly. So that's what the confusion is for me. Mm-hmm. But um, on the other plot line, now we see the spirit killer, the the dark lighter that does exactly what's happening, you know, gives them, brings them bad luck until, and drives them to this uh, suicide, being able to kind of get into their thoughts and everything. So now they have more of the information on what's going on. Yep. So then we're at 415 Magazine and we're inside like an office and Mr. Corso is looking at the photos and they're all pixely. And Prue's saying that she doesn't know what happened. She checked them in her camera and they were fine. He's so pissed. She's apologizing. He calls her a fraud and fires her. And then he says, I'll make sure nobody hires you again. Now get out. Go screw up somebody else's life. And Prue has tears in her eyes and walks out. And then in the hallway, she's kind of like, I can handle this. Everything will be fine. But then the dark later appears behind her. And in her voice, he says, no, it's not. He's right. I'm a fraud. I only hurt people. It's all my fault. I'm responsible. And then we see her like walking away, even more upset, and he follows after her. So first of all, a bit over the top, my guy, like you, Mr. Corso, like calm the fuck down. <laughs> no, literally, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, that's not professional. You can't just fucking yell at somebody, especially somebody you hired as like, a trial basis like relax bro I know like what did you expect and to flip out like that what am I gonna do now I don't know use the first photo if you were that desperate to get a new photo of Maggie why wouldn't you send one of your professional photographers to get it done like you know what I or mean go yourself like if it's so important why are you sending somebody that's like a new hire exactly like go ruin somebody else's life dude really is your life over? your life is ruined yeah that's it that's all it took really <laughs> like <laughs> jesus christ the most high drama for no reason no literally i was like oh my god like damn but on the other hand prue her being upset and kind of feeling those doubts in herself as she's leaving and then the dark later obviously making them so much worse, making her think these horrible things about herself, which is just so fucked up, just kind of making this worse for her. Mm -hmm. So now we are back at the manor and Phoebe walks into the front door and Piper and Leo are coming down the stairs and Piper asks where Prue is. And Leo's like, there may be a dark later after her. We need to find her fast. And then Piper grabs the phone and dials. And then Leo asks if the car wreck was right after the spell she casts. And Phoebe's like, yeah. And then he says that the Dark Lighter must have seen her cast it. 
and the phone call isn't going through, so they're not able to get a hold of her. And Phoebe says Maggie thought that she was cursed, and Leo's like she probably was until Prue turned her luck around. See, there's a certain type of dark lighter that drives future white lighters to commit suicide. The only way to stop them from becoming one is to have them take their own life to lose their souls forever. And Piper said they curse them. They bring their victims self-doubt, bad luck, the kind that hurts other people. And Leo says, and then reinforce that by preying on their thoughts. Make them think that they're responsible for all the pain when they're actually not. And Phoebe says, well, that's not suicide, that's murder. And Leo says, well, not technically. They never actually push their victims. They just always compel them to jump. And Phoebe says, so Prue didn't save Maggie from herself. Prue saved Maggie from him. And then Piper tries Prue's phone again, and it still won't go through. And Leo's like, that's why the Dark Lighter's after Prue. If he destroys Prue, he destroys the good luck spell and leaves Maggie unprotected. And Phoebe says, well, he's not going to get to Prue. I don't care what he tries. And then Piper's like, Phoebe, he knows her thoughts. He can make her think anything he wants her to think. And Phoebe's like, Piper, this is Prue we're talking about, okay? She's so strong. And then uh, as she's saying that, she drops the roll of film from earlier. And then she's like, she wouldn't even think of as she's picking up the roll and kind of cuts off because she has a premonition of a younger Prue with her camera on a bridge and she's crying. And then Piper asks what she saw, like, what, what's going on? And Phoebe's like, you guys are right. We have to get to Prue. And they all just kind of look at each other. Yeah. So I have a lot to say here. First, I want to go to just the use of some outdated terminology in this scene. Um, when they say commit suicide, that's not something we are supposed to say anymore because you're supposed to say death by suicide because commit suicide implies that having suicidal thoughts or attempting suicide or actually dying by suicide is a crime, which it isn't. It is a mental health issue, not a criminal act. The oh, other... I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually been a thing in psychology for like a few years now. Wow. I, I, I It makes sense you saying that, but I, I hadn't heard that yet. Like I, I never knew. I mean, yeah, now that you say that, I realize that that does make it sound. Because it makes it seem like you're doing something wrong as opposed to like you're struggling. Right. Another thing I want to point out, you know, I hate kind of the ideology that this is pushing, you know, that idea that like, oh, like if you die by suicide, like you can't get into heaven, you destroyed your soul, like all that kind of stuff. People don't like, like people who die by suicide obviously are going through horrible things that would put them to that point so you know kind of trying to guilt them with religion or this idea that like oh your soul will suffer forever like fuck you fuck you fuck you yeah yeah I I definitely get that I mean that's definitely something that you hear a lot especially in like I've I've definitely heard that several times about like oh your soul is lost or whatever which is pretty messed up and the fact that they're including it in here is kind of like ugh, like you guys yeah I mean I get that they're trying to relate it to how it destroys them as a white like their chances of becoming a white lighter but it just feels a little wrong Yeah, like it feels wrong to be like, oh, you died by suicide, so now all the good you did in your life is negated. Right. It doesn't make sense, and it's not, it's not right. No, it's it's wrong. Yeah. 
And also I'm in total agreement with Phoebe. It's not suicide if someone tells you to jump. That is murder. Like yeah. if someone's standing there and I'm like, jump off this thing, it's my fault that person died, not theirs. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's like I convinced you to do it. That's definitely murder. I mean, in a technical sense, yeah, they jumped to themselves, but you made them do it. Yeah, like that's, that's coercion. <laughs> yeah. That's murder. And I think because I remember in school, that was something we used to talk about, like, you know, back when technology first started to be a big thing and cyberbullying was like a whole big thing. And they had talks about it in school with us and kind of that idea of whether or not people should get charged if the cyberbullying or telling people to kill themselves, like if they should get charged for that or arrested for that if they actually do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that is an actual thing that you can get arrested for if you do that you know like I think that literally is illegal and they do consider it a form of murder yeah like it's it's not like you know a murder charge but it is a charge um yeah. because it you're partially responsible for what happened exactly like um, you played a part in that yeah um also you know when it's getting to the point where phoebe's saying the things which i get why she's saying it because i know the episode is trying to prove the opposite but when she's like prue would never prue so strong blah 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 like i hate that kind of like rhetoric that happens where it's like oh like if you die by suicide you're weak type thing yeah right it doesn't take away from her strength at all like you said i get why phoebe's like oh it's just not something she would do like blah 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 all of that but it's kind of like it can happen to anybody you know like it doesn't matter how strong you are or whatever and also that's kind of a lot of pressure to put on that person that makes it even worse where you have to feel like I'm supposed to be so strong for everyone else like do I just continue to suffer like this it makes it worse for them makes them think that they can't ask for help and just overall not a good message to send that yeah know. exactly because one of the main reasons that you know someone may actually um you know reach this point is because they're unable to get help because they feel like they can't talk to people because they're be afraid of being perceived as weak whereas if they were able to help talk to somebody maybe they could get that help that they need that would then help them you know either through therapy or through whatever process they may need to go through, medication, whatever, to get to the point where they're no longer having those thoughts and they're actually able to recover from their depression. Exactly. And I'm glad that now we're able to, and kind of as a society, have learned those things and understand that perspective more and that idea. I mean, I understand that at this time, it wasn't as developed and it's not like it is today you know with where mental health because it used to be seen as very shameful kind of, like the yeah, idea yeah. of a normal person going to therapy wasn't a thing exactly it, it used to be very shameful for people to be in that position so we're just recently coming around to being like hey this is okay we all struggle we all can have moments like this some people do have mental health issues it's not their fault it's not you know it doesn't make them any less than anybody else or any worse you know it's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed of uh but here they kind of it's still progressing into that you know so I'm glad that now we're able to acknowledge that a lot more 
Yeah, me too. Definitely. Because the show, I mean, I don't know. I I wasn't even alive during this time, but were, were things like, like, I feel like at this time it was kind of still seen a little more negatively, no? No, definitely. Um, I know even when I was like a teenager, so, you know, the earlier 2010s, the late like 2000s, the idea of like people going to therapy, not because something just absolutely horrible happened, um, wasn't really a thing. Like it was just becoming that like someone might go to therapy because they're having anxiety or they're struggling with a life change or something like that. That was just starting then. So therapy for the everyday person definitely wasn't being talked about in the late 90s and the beginning of the 2000s. Exactly. So here at this time, it wasn't at this idea wasn't as well developed. But I do I mean, it's respectable that they are kind of still saying like, oh, but it's not their fault. And it shouldn't be this and Phoebe mentioning like it is murder, but you still have this ideology that they're presenting that isn't acceptable today. Yeah, definitely. And I will have more to say on how the show handles it. Um, when we get to kind of the final scene. So we can talk about more throughout and then then. So we come back from the commercial break and we're still at the manor and we see that they're still not able to get through to Prue on her cell phone. They had also tried the magazine and were told that she left half an hour ago. Piper asks Phoebe if she's sure that the vision was of the past and not the future. And she asks if she could tell how old Prue was. Phoebe says that she'd guessed that she was around 20. She says, I think it was the same time we had that other accident. Leo asks what happened, and Phoebe says that Prue was driving and ran a red light. Piper says that Phoebe was the only one hurt. She was in the hospital for over a week. It scared the hell out of us. And Phoebe says that Prue never forgave herself. Piper says it was a really tough time for her, for all of us, actually. She says Phoebe and I were teenagers and Grams was extremely overprotective. And Phoebe says, but she was hardest on Prue. She kind of made her take care of us. She didn't let Prue go away to school. She wanted to go back east to be a photojournalist. And Piper says, but Grams knew that we were going to become witches and she wasn't going to let anything jeopardize that. And Phoebe says, still, I don't care what was happening. Prue would never even consider. And Piper says, I know, but you saw her. And she says, okay, what I saw was Prue taking a picture, and she was very sad, but that doesn't mean she was actually going to jump. And Leo says, yeah, but the dark lighter will make her think that she was going to. He'll mess with her head and try and take her back to that same dark place, and he'll say whatever he has to to make her do something that she would never do otherwise. And Piper asks how they find the dark lighter. And Leo says they can't without a white lighter because like dark lighters and white lighters can sense each other. And then the phone starts to ring. So then we kind of go to this phone call where we're both in the manor and on the street. Phoebe answers and it's Prue. She's sitting in her rental car. Phoebe asks where she is. And Prue says, I don't really know, but I can't start my car. And this day just really sucks. Phoebe's saying none of what happened today has anything to do. And then we start getting this really bad static and Prue can barely hear her. She says, look, I lost my job. Can you guys please come and get me? And Leo says that Phoebe needs to tell her about the dark later. And she's like, I'm trying. 
Prue says she can't hear her, and then the dark lighter is outside the car, and he curses the phone, so the call drops. Prue gets out of the car and starts walking down the road as the dark lighter follows her. Then back at the manor, Piper says that they need to find her, and they should go to the magazine, and then they can kind of, like, trace her steps. Leo suggests that they try scrying, which for some reason they can't do. And then Piper says maybe they could just use Maggie's luck. So they grab a map and they're going to go to Maggie. And Leo needs to stay at the manor in case Prue calls or comes back. And Leo's talking about how he hates not being able to actually help them. And Piper says that she knows, but then she just leaves. So a lot happening there. I feel like here, the kind of chaos and difficulty that they're having getting through to Prue and contacting her, it, it kind of works for the story. Like you said, I don't know why they can't scry for her. They're like, it's just, we don't have It would that take too long. Like, yeah. what? It would take less time to drive to Maggie and than then, it would for you to scry? Exactly. Doesn't make any sense, but I guess for plot's sake, they needed to include her again. <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, here we find out more about this accident that they had mentioned before Mm -hmm. um, and Prue kind of not being able to forgive herself for that and the guilt and probably this accident that happened now bringing all those thoughts back that she had at that time. And on top of obviously the dark later making her thoughts worse, we could see how things are getting progressively worse for Prue. Yeah, totally. And we see, you know, Shannon Darty is doing a really great job of just portraying everything on her face that Prue's going through, um, like kind of the sadness, the worry, the regret, all of it. Like you could see it all very clearly in her actions and the way she is, you know, reaching for her sisters. Like, can you guys just come get me? I'm having such a bad day. Like a lot of times Prue tries to deal with things completely on her own. And I like that she is making the attempt to kind of bring her sisters in here to kind of help her through this moment. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that this is probably one of the first times we've seen that from Prue and it's nice to see that it's in a position where she's struggling really bad like mentally and the fact that she's reaching out for them at a time like this when it's something that she's never really done before is it makes me happy you know to know that she's still trying yeah you know giving them that chance definitely the whole Leo obviously being very upset that he can't help them like he used to be able to help them I you could tell right then and there that it is difficult for him as it was in the last episode and he'd mentioned before yeah definitely um I think Leo's struggle with being mortal is becoming more and more clear throughout this episode and especially in this scene great All right, so now we are out on the street and we see Prue is walking down the road with the dark later behind her, but obviously she doesn't know. And he keeps reminding her of the dark place that she was in and telling her that she's all alone. And Prue's like, okay, Prue, keep it together. This isn't me. I'm a good person. I do good things. And then the dark later curses this kid that's going by on a skateboard and sees like him kind of start to lose control and almost crash into a baby in a stroller so Prue uses her power to stop this and move him out of the way but it moves him into the street and he almost gets hit by a car and sees that he fell and he's hurt 
And the Dark Lady's like, I almost got him killed, just like I almost got Phoebe killed. Run, run. And Prue, very upset, starts running away, and he follows. So here we see kind of the struggle that Prue's going through. You know, um, she's trying to convince herself that the words of the Dark Lady, which she thinks are her own thoughts, aren't getting to her. And then, you know, there's this moment where, like Maggie, all she wants to do is help, and she hurts somebody, and it's really difficult for her to deal with that. Exactly. Especially being that she is a protector and, a, like, you know, protector of innocence and everything like that. She was meant to help, kind of, or much like Maggie is, so kind of not being able to do that right now is definitely getting to her and obviously everything that the dark lighters making her think and kind of this vision we see of her walking and like thinking and running away you could see how overwhelmed she feels and how it's leading her to the ledge you know I mean she's walking towards it without even realizing just how bad it's getting for her and um you can kind of see how those thoughts take over her take over someone's mind and can lead them there exactly like Maggie had said for her exactly and you know we kind of see this real like shit pile of a day it's just one thing after another after another after another and it's just Prue slowly not being able to convince herself that everything's gonna be all right exactly so then we're at the hospital and we see Maggie is sitting at a table playing cards with like an older lady and Phoebe and Piper walk in and Phoebe asks if she remembers her and tells her that they need her help finding Prue. Maggie goes with them and they show her the map and they say that they need her her luck. And Maggie's confused, but does what they say and closes her eyes and points to a spot on the map and they thank her and leave. So a little weird, but I mean, it worked with the whole luck thing, her being able to find exactly where Prue is, I guess it was kind of neat that they still managed to include Maddie or Maggie, I guess. Yeah, I think it was the most pointless scene in the episode. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend like, no, they yeah. they should have scribed. It made no sense. Yeah, it would have made much more sense to just scribe, but whatever. So then we are at the manor and we see Leo is pacing and then like sits on the stairs and sighs and he's like thinking really hard, obviously very stressed out. And then back in the car we see Piper is driving while Phoebe has the map and they're kind of going to where Maggie pointed and then on the road we see Prue is looking up at a bridge and the dark lighter is telling her it's the best thing and she did should have done it a long time ago and telling her to jump and up on the bridge we see Prue walk over to the fence on the bridge and she looks super upset the dark lighter is behind her telling her this is the only way and then she says It's the only way to save the ones I love. I should have done it before, eight years ago. And Prue's, or no, he's, I'm sorry, the Dark Lady says that in her mind. And Prue says, but I didn't want to. And he's like, but if I had, loved ones would still be alive today. Like Andy, I'm responsible for Andy. And then Prue starts to cry and she's like, Andy. And he's like, it's all my fault, just jump. And she starts moving closer and puts her hands on the fence. So to go back to the Leo moment, so dramatic. I know, like, what are you freaking out about? They they handle shit, they always do. 
Like, I feel like they really push his, like, not being able to handle being a white lighter. I mean, um, not being a white lighter. So, like, out of nowhere. Like, it's some, it comes so quick. Like, he goes from, like, being, like, slightly upset to, like, full meltdown in, like, five minutes. I know. It's so weird. Like, I mean, I guess you could see the slight progression because he had said it in multiple episodes, like, that one where he was, like, yeah, in moments like this where I know that I could help or, um, you know, whatever. And then in the last episode where he was like, I hate this. Like, I hate not being able to help you guys or, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. So he has said it before, but the kind of jump that they took to him just like all of a sudden breaking down about it is like so, so out of nowhere. I wish they would have kind of, you know, made the progression a little more yeah because i feel like the stakes were just as high in the other episodes as they are in this one exactly and yet this is the episode where he gets really really upset yeah so didn't make too much sense but whatever and then again we see him kind of the we see everyone's perspective and Prue kind of inching her way closer to the edge because of the dark later. And we'll see how that continues. Yeah. And I really hate how he like preys on her guilt over Andy. I know that was sad. And the way she like cried even harder when he mentioned Andy, like that was so heartbreaking. I know. Um, I'm also kind of interested in this way that the episode's bringing up Because, you know, they try to make this connection between Prue and Maggie, but we see here that, like, and we'll get the same comment from her later in the episode that, like, Prue didn't actually, like, want to jump. So I question a little bit of why the episode does that, because is it trying to make the comment that, like, Prue's too strong to have ever really gotten to that point? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they were making it seem like that or just trying to say I don't know like just that she hadn't like that it had just been a passing thought or something yeah like so and we never really know for sure because the comment they make at the end makes it a little yeah yeah but we can talk about that more when we get to that scene exactly So then we're in the attic and Leo's like flipping through the book and he's getting so upset because he can't find anything. He's like, I can't just sit back and do nothing. And he like looks up and he's like, give me my powers back. I want my powers back. I want my powers back. I want them back now. I can't keep being mortal if this is the cost. You know, I don't want to lose Piper, but not at the expense of losing one of her sisters. This is my calling. You have to let me help. You have to give me my wings back. And then his hand like starts glowing. So Leo's white later again. So here, I mean, even though it was dramatic, I did like this kind of thought process in Leo. It shows that it shows who he really is as a person or as a white lighter, whatever his true intentions, like as much as he loves Piper and knows that this is kind of, or at least he thinks this is the only way they can be together is if he's mortal he's not willing to risk his sister's lot her sister's lives just because of their love you know like he he's still putting them first and it's nice to see that it's not just piper that he cares about you know like he cares about all of them Mm -hmm. like these are 
family to him at this point. These were his charges, and he genuinely loves all of them. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, And I totally get, like, you know, when he says, you know, this is my calling, like, I have to help people, I 100% understand it. Mm -hmm. Again, I just feel like the stakes were just as high in part in my past, so I feel like it just... It just feels really rushed to me, but at the same time, like, I do understand and I am interested to see what's going to happen now that he gets his powers back. Agreed. So, now we are um, at the bridge and Piper's car pulls over and they say they don't see Prue, but then they look up at the bridge and see her up top and they're like, oh god, so they start running towards her, running up the hill to the bridge and trying to warn her. And the dark lighter is up there telling her that she's alone and there's no dark lighter as they're kind of yelling to her like there's a dark lighter we're here and Phoebe's like you're stronger than he is and the dark lighter's like jump damn it and her sisters are telling her to turn around and she does and she sees him and he's like shocked that she was able to turn around. And she throws him into the other side of the fence. And he's like, how dare, she's like, how dare you hurt people this way? And he says, it's a gift. You'll jump for me sooner or later. I haven't lost anyone yet. And she walks closer and she says, you lost two today. And he says, perhaps, but remember, you can't stop me. Just then, Leah orbs in and runs into him and wrestles him to the floor. A little late there, but whatever. And Piper and Phoebe run up, and they both hug Prue, but Piper is looking at Leo and is like, oh god, because she saw that he got his wings back. And then the dark lighter is just, like, (laughs) allowing him to hold him down, I guess. And then Leo's like, I gotta go, and he orbs both of them out, and the sisters look confused, and then they hug. So, very nice, yes, like, the whole, but couple questions how what why couldn't the sisters stop they've stopped dark lighters before i don't understand why literally nothing about leo's presence in this scene makes sense because like why is the dark lighter letting him hold him like leo's just like there like dark orb out i know like that's all you gotta do fucking leave seriously like he tackled you also like dark lighters can hurt white lighter is like i just i know nothing about that really added up and i the fact that he was like well you guys can't stop me but why though like you've killed dark lighters how before like i maybe it's just because he's a different type he's a spirit killer but still that doesn't i don't know yeah but also if we remember like when we met the dark lighter in season one in love hurts there was no way to vanquish him. Like, remember, they had to, like, switch powers, and that was how uh, they vanquished him. But they're making it seem here like there's another way to get rid of this dark later. Like, first of all, where the fuck is Leo bringing him? Yeah. And how how come, if he could do that this whole time, why didn't he do that with the other dark later? No, literally. And why doesn't this dark later have the arrows to shoot a white later? Like, I have so many questions. I know. A lot about this just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I get they were trying to kind of have them show that leo got his wings back but still it was like felt like an unnecessary time but i will say prue turning around and being like you know how dare you hurt people this way like i said before this is probably like the most 
actually fucked up way that any demon or being they've gone up against has tried to hurt someone. I mean, attacking Mm -hmm. them mentally through emotion, through depression, and all of that, like, convincing them to kill themselves is, you know, absolutely awful. Like, this is definitely probably the most fucked up way any being has uh, tried to hurt people in the show so far. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I really like what Prue turning around represents. You know, it's kind of this idea that she overcame those dark thoughts that he's putting into her head. Like she was able to turn it around and beat what he is symbolizing, which is, of course, depression and suicidal ideation. Exactly. It shows that strength that people can have in them to be able to recover and turn those things around. And on top of that, her sister is kind of being the ones to back her up and help her get to that point. You know, you have to, or you don't have to, but you, you know, that idea that the people around you can help. There are people that are there for you that are going to support you and can help you get past that as well. Exactly. Like having a loved one or a professional there to help you through your depression can help you come out stronger on the other side. Exactly. So overall, nice, you know, general idea, I think. Yeah. And overall, I mean, you know, as much as I don't like the kind of like steps to the resolution, I like the resolution. Yeah. So then we're in the manor and we're in the living room and Prue's holding a developed photograph of the bridge and she's like, hasn't changed much, has it? And Piper's like, but you sure have. She says, we all have for the better. And then Piper says, Prue, Phoebe and I were wondering, and she says, what? Why I was on this bridge eight years ago, why I took this picture? She says, I don't know. I guess I was just in a really bad place then. Anyway, I was out scouting for a shot and I found myself on that bridge. And I just wanted to take a picture of it to remind myself of that particular moment and how I was feeling. And Piper says, but you weren't gonna. And she says, no, no, I would never, ever do that. And Phoebe says, but why didn't you develop it? I mean, until now. She says, I guess I just wasn't ready to relive that pain. But now I am, especially since a demon tried to take advantage of it. And she gets up and she puts the photo into the fireplace to burn it. And then she picks up the magazine and shows them her photo that was used of the picture of Maggie. And they're all smiley. She's like, oh, I'm a professional photographer. Like, look at my name. And then the doorbell rings and Piper says that she'll get it. And Phoebe says, wait, what if it's Dan? What if he's back from his trip early? And Piper says, well, then I have to tell him the truth. Just because Leo has his wings back doesn't change anything. And she walks away and Prue and Phoebe keep looking at the photo and like admiring it. And it's a little cute moment for them too. Yeah, definitely cute. So here I like that idea that they kind of explained. I liked the explanation of why, how Prue ended up on that bridge eight years ago and kind of what the photograph represented and the film and her not being ready to relive that, which is why she kept it stored away. That was very reasonable for me. I get what you're saying, why, how it seems, how it could seem like maybe the show is trying to say she's too strong for that. But I feel like it, it, you know, it doesn't fully come across that way based on the way that the last scene was. I mean, I feel like the main idea is that people can overcome. Yeah, um, I think it's really just that line where she's like, no, no, I would never, ever do that. Like, yeah. 
that felt like it was kind of pushing back on the point the episode I felt was trying to make, which was that anyone can get to that point. Anyone can struggle. Um, and so I just didn't like that line. Like, I have no issue with the fact that she wasn't actually going to act on it. Right. That's not the part that bothers me. It's that fact where she's like, oh, I would have never done it. Like, why can't she say, like, I had this moment where I considered it, but then I realized that there was something to live for, or I realized that things weren't as bad as I thought they were, or something like that, as opposed to, like, I would never. Right. Yeah, no, that's, I definitely understand that it, it does feel like it kind of takes away from the point they just gave us or the moral of the episode overall, but, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But I do get what you're saying. But overall, I thought that was a cute moment. And I, you know, I liked, like I said, what they said about eight years ago. And that we see Piper's idea or Piper's thoughts on Leo getting her his wings back. Mm -hmm. And saying it doesn't change anything. Because at the end of the day, she did come to the conclusion that this is the man that I really love and want things to work with. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I'll also say, you know, just them all admiring her photo and stuff was really cute. And I'm happy for Prue that she was able to, you know, kind of fix what happened and get that step in her career. Agreed. Although, so, like, I don't know. But I, I don't know how I, she came back from that I know, screaming. I was like, I wouldn't have wanted to walk back into that after that. Or like, how did he kind of recover himself? I'd be like, dude, you're such a jackass to me now. Like, I don't even yeah want to be working here but whatever <laughs> happy for Prue so now we are in the doorway and Piper goes to open the door and it's Leo and she's like you rang the bell and he's like yeah I wasn't sure how you'd feel about me orving in and she laughs and he comes in and she closes the door and she's like I'd feel okay and then he says I just wanted to let you know that this wasn't their idea it was mine and it's not something that I wanted to do it's just and then she's like Leo and takes his hand and she says I meant what I said and I've thought about this a lot white lighter or not we can find a way to make this work somehow some way and he says I'm gonna hold you to that and she's like you do that and they smile and hug each other and it's a very cute ending yes so I absolutely loved this kind of come together of Piper and Leo even though now right when they get together he gets his wings back so they never really got a chance to try things with him as a mortal yeah so we still don't know how that could have gone but we'll see how things go now being that he's a white lighter again and they're gonna make things work and we'll just have to see if things get better for them after this because yeah. before it was like they couldn't really get through that. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this time is going to be different than the beginning of the season where they were trying to make things work with him being a white lighter. Um, what are they going to do differently this time, if anything? And will they have a better outcome? Will they actually get to be together? Can't wait to see how it goes. Me either. And now we have Prue officially in her career. and. I'm excited for that too and seeing how that progresses. Overall, I feel like we still have a lot to look forward to with Piper and Leo. And this episode, it did have its it, the good it had some good and some bad. Yeah. Definitely. 
but it was still enjoyable for me, I think. Yeah, no, this was an enjoyable episode. Um, and I enjoyed our conversation. I think we got some good things out of this. And, you know, season two has been a good season. And I definitely put this among the good episodes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I would still say that it's a good episode. It's been a great season so far. And knowing what the future episodes are, it just continues to be great. So <laughs> yeah, totally. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com and join us back next time for season two, episode 17, how to make a quilt out of Americans.